Welcome to the e-commerce made simple podcast. I'm Jérôme de Guigny, your host. So in our podcast, we've been looking at strategic uh, topics and now we're moving into the content topics. So content is a wide uh, topic and can have a lot of issues about, okay, and all discussions about why content is so important. On this first uh, part, we will be talking with Rovira from Salsify. So who is Salsify? Salsify is the biggest uh, solution provider today for people who want to get their content organized and sent over to Amazon. So it's a what we call a PIM, so a product information management tool and a syndication tool in the meaning that they will help you uh, send your content automatically to Amazon, but to also other all the major marketplaces. So if you have a catalog, let's say even a, if a small catalog of 50 products, if you're going to five countries or seven or eight countries, that's already 400 products. So you need to make sure you have all your content organized, all your different files in one place, in one source of truth. And that make it's a major investment um, companies do and which helps them to scale on their business specifically on Amazon so I had a lot of uh, we have a lot of pleasure and and it's a really exciting journey of working with Salsify and Rovera will go into the details of why it makes sense uh, to have um, a tool to help you expand in a multi uh, marketplace and to go into uh, different countries Enjoy the show. So let's get started. Great to have you, Rovira. Uh, finally, we've we've been talking for ha, a year, but 2020 sounds like it's five years in one year. So it sounds like many <laughs> years we've been talking to each other. And uh, uh, as you probably all know, there was a big announcement, which is very important for both our companies that Salsify and e-commerce have, have partnered to offer their services together. Mm-hmm. And in that uh instance um, i'm very happy to have rovira so it will be a, a, a very a bit of a different webinar because uh, rovira will have questions for me too so we are sort of co-hosting and co uh, asking each other's uh, questions uh, we as usual we will start with rovira and we'll have a discussion for like 30 minutes and then you will be able to ask all your questions and we'll answer your question mm-hmm. this session should last between 45 and uh, like an hour uh, but not more. And as I said, it will be recorded and, and shared after the fact. So as you know, Rovira, we start with a fun fact. So yeah. we, we, we want to know a bit of you, a bit better of who you are. So what's your fun fact? Um, so my fun fact is, um, well, I'm Filipino. Um, my family's from the Philippines. I was born in the Philippines. And recently Disney had released, I think they're doing this like commemorative Mickey Mouse doll. Um, So they released a short, like one of their Disney shorts. And it was super cool because it was about um, essentially like, like uh, the Philippines <laughs> and to have that shared globally was really interesting to see. It was about like a, you know, a woman who was a kid back in like the forties and received a Mickey Mouse doll and then kind of progressed um, and tried to um, pass it on to her like granddaughter. And then as kids do, they like kind of wax and wane in interest, but then it all comes together for the holidays. And that was really, really cool. Cause I guess uh, my fun fact is I am, I'm Filipino. I'm very close to my grandmother. 
Well, that not too bad. That's actually bringing emotions to it. So well done. We we feeling warmer, and thanks thanks for sharing that. So now on a, maybe on a less funny tone, but maybe could be funny. You could talk a bit about yourself, who you are, and yeah. who is Salsify in a few in a few words. Um, yeah. So um, my name is Ravira Dasik. Um, I have been at Salsify for over five years. Um, my, my first job at the company actually was um, helping build kind of the earliest integrations to kind of the ecosystem of where our customers, so we work primarily um, with brand manufacturers, um, helping them basically get the best version of their content in front of all of their shoppers or partners um, online. And back when they were still around, so the jet.com marketplace, um, if you remember that, uh, that was one of the early in integrations that I helped work on. Um, and then I think the company realized that I wasn't actually very good at programming. Um, and so instead, they... <laughs> That's <laughs> probably your fun fact too. <laughs> that, that, that too, yeah. Um, you know, um, another home for me at the organization, um, specifically as um, a product manager, so on the product team, helping still with this big, big problem that our customers were facing, which is we have, we're investing so much in being able to create and, and you know, tell our great brand stories, et cetera, but it's just so freaking hard to get that content to our partners, whether it's marketplaces, retailers, their own direct-to-consumer websites. Um, and we want to be able to have an easier, faster, more automated way to share this content with their consumers, with their shoppers. Um, so um, my team really looked at how to build those integrations and make that possible for them. Um, and then over the past three or four years, um, my focus had been primarily on the work we were doing with creating this kind of connectivity or um, ability to send content to your Amazon catalogs. Okay. And yeah. if we dip dive a bit on what, why would you want or why would you need Salsify or putting it another way, what are the benefits of Salsify? And one of the purpose of this webinar is to make like the complexity of a, of a big system like Salsify very easy to understand and, and the benefits. What, what would you say the benefits are, the main benefits uh, in simple terms for brands? Yeah. Um, I mean, in the simplest terms, you know, completely accelerated by the pandemic, but um, that online is where people are going to, to literally learn about products, brands, um, information that they need, whether or not they purchase online or offline, it doesn't matter. Um, and there's been a huge pressure on brands to be able to provide great, accurate content to any digital touch point that needs that information. Um, but you know the the need driven by us as consumers, because like Jerome, how frequently are you buying products online that have bad descriptions or bad images or bad reviews? Ah, uh, well, none. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, knowing kind of what the stakes were for brands today, um, they needed like literally to start a platform to help consolidate and centralize all of that information. Because if you can believe it, and maybe the brands on the call can, um, a lot of that content is living um, in spreadsheets, um, other systems, sometimes literally only on Amazon. Like, where's your product info? Oh, it's on Amazon. Where else is it on? No, just Amazon. Um, so like needing to have a place to 
bring that all together and then easily enrich it, improve it and push it out to the market, but then have a way to like, you know, tell whether or not that content is working. Is there a way that they can improve it? Um, so we, we called it almost like this closed loop digital merchandising of constantly being able to iterate and improve the experiences you provide to your customers online, all in like one platform, basically. Okay. And often the question we hear is that what kind of platforms are you, because you're very good with Amazon, right? You're one mm -hmm. of the recognized systems. Of, I think there's only a couple, right? Five or six, which are really officially recognized by Amazon to, to push content, but you're not only working on Amazon, right? You've got yeah. other platforms. Could you yeah. give us a bit of an idea of what, what other platforms you service? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you need to get content literally to any digital touch point, whether it's other retailers, other marketplaces, um, like, you know, Facebook, Instagram, your own brand websites, um, that is the real beauty of having a system like Salsify in place because very few customers, if any, are only on Amazon. Um, I think we'll get to this a little bit in the webinar of, you know, what's the value in multi-marketplace listing. Um, and, you know, knowing that's the, that, that's like the, you know, the minimum that we have to hit, like our system is really built for that kind of compounded problem of like, okay, we know Amazon can be difficult. We know that their requirements change all the time. We know that they can be inconsistent between vendor and seller. Now do that and multiply that for every retailer that you support. Um, and that's where then at scale, having a system like this in place can really help. Yeah. And do you have, could you share the, like other popular uh, marketplaces? marketplaces? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so in the States um, and, oh, I forgot to mention, I'm at, I'm based now in Lisbon, Portugal. Um, so about Lucky a year you. ago, yeah, they, I know, like my mom was just like, oh, the timing. I'm like, I know. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, so, you know, we've got, I would say really, really great coverage for, um, and marketplaces, the, that whole kind of framework, I guess, or it's, um, it's much more common, I would say in Europe than it is in the US. And in the US, you've got the dominant players like an Amazon, and then now everyone seems to want a marketplace. So like Walmart, Target, et cetera. Um, so th those are um, call it destinations or places that we help our customers with. And then um, similarly in Europe, you know, um, I think depending on whether it's a marketplace or a retailer, you'll always get a varying degree of um, sophistication on the other side of it. So whether it's they've got the ability to receive content kind of a machine to machine level, or if all they really have for you as a brand is a, a spreadsheet that you need to fill out, we've developed ways in which we can actually automate that that part of it as well. So and I guess it, the answer is like, it doesn't yeah. like the, the where it needs to go doesn't matter. It's more of, um, you know, like how it needs to go there. And that's what where we really, really okay. kind of um, are strong in. So yeah, you would support any type of uh, platform right. and and give whatever uh, format this platform is right. is asking for. Okay, yeah. that right. make, makes it cool. uh, uh, very clear. And what, what, how many brands are using Salsify in the US? Do you have like how many today uh, yeah. users, let's say, or brands? Brands, yeah. That? And so you have to remember, um, we we service 
like thousands of brands. And often though, that the customer is going to be like the parent company that comprises a bunch of different brands. Um, so um, I believe, I think this is their publicly available. Um, what's the latest number? Was it, was it a trick? Was it a trick was question? A so question? I just, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, no. And, I, I, like, yeah, I think it's, like a, Oh, sorry, go ahead, Joe. Like a, a size of how many products uh, are going through your system? Like, how, is it? Oh, are you, gosh. We've, um, we've got, I think we've had over millions of products published through our system in the, in, in the course of our existence. Um, okay. Sure. We've got tens of millions of products already in our system that helps power a lot of the analytics that we're working on. But um, every day, you know, um, I, I, I mean, like, this is one of those things where when you're in this role, you kind of obsess over it. But the um, it's a cool thing that we've got where we can see the publishes go out for any destination, any size of company. Um, it's just like millions of products that are going. Mm. And if we were to say, like, I'm a brand and I'm, mm -hmm. I want to understand, does it make sense for me? Uh, what do you have criteria of saying, OK, for example, the number of SKUs or number of ASIN, if we're talking Amazon or, yeah. or the size of your how much you're selling? Do you have where would you say it doesn't like when does it start to make sense? Yeah, no, that's a really great question. I'd say that. Um, you know, regardless of where you feel like you're at in terms of we call it digital maturity, you know, if you're just really starting with getting your content, you know, prioritizing it and making it a core part of your business, most of the brands we work with are really in that, we call it the crawl state where they're just trying to see, like bring together all that content that even to more advanced, um, that scale will vary across even just size of company. So if you look at like, maybe the best fit for a Salsify um, will be a brand manufacturer. Um, Cause again, we, prime, we, um, we work with retailers in the sense that we partner with them, but um, we specifically built our platform to meet the needs of a, a brand, a brand owner in, in Amazon terms. Um, and, you know, I'd say that most of them have um, a, a few hundred, maybe a thousand or more um, to start. So if you're kind of coming in below that and, and um, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, what's the, the scale problem here? Are you, if you've got five hmm. products, do you need automation to really do that? Or is that overkill? Um, but if you feel like, okay, we've got five products today, but we're going to go to 50 to 500, 5,000, and we want the right system in place to support that, then that might be a better fit. But then again, that's dependent on your priorities on where the, hmm. where that's okay. So let's, we could say uh, as a summary, like a thousand is probably a good fit. And, but for example, if you have 200 and you're going to five different marketplaces, that's already yeah. five times 200. So you've, you're already yeah. there. So probably yeah. you, it can start for 150 or 200 in yeah. Europe, at least because very easily we'll go to different markets. Uh, mm -hmm. So, okay. That, so that the first idea and maybe to summarize the, the, the benefits uh, part before we go into uh, sort of examples is the first, the first benefit I see from what you said is uh, people who've got a disorganized uh, way of having content. Some are on Dropbox, some are on Drive, some are on the computer of him. And the, so that it will help them to organize all their content to have one area where all the content is the mm -hmm. second thing i see is you will save a lot of time because you've once you've organized all that content it's same as putting it on dropbox or on your drive or on your uh system on your own computer but here 
not only you've organized it, but then you save all the time of uploading with your NIS file or, or mm -hmm. those enormous Excel sheets. So you, you save a lot of time. So you, 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 you organize better yourself. You save a lot of time. And from uh, you save also a lot of time by pushing all that content to all the different countries because, for example, pictures or a lot of uh, things will be the same in every country, right? So you only have to change the languages, obviously. But... Yeah. Like if if the if your content is same for the UK and the in the US, for example, then you only have to press the button for twice and and it's done. You've prepared everything, so it's an enormous tool to scale. Uh, and from what we've seen, and uh, we've been very excited about that about the fact of how this empowers you to to scale. And uh, it's like a having a, a data content management tool like Salesforce, for example, or any other tool where you start and you, you it's impressive, like, okay, you can handle your CRM with five customers on your Google sheet. But if you start to have a, a 500, it's like, how do you, you keep yeah. all that organized? And this yeah. ability to scale for, for us was was very uh, surprising. And maybe can, we can share some some examples. So we've started to, to work with Salesforce. We, we have a few, but maybe you've, you've Obviously, your your yeah. experience, you're the ex Satisfy uh, overall expert in, in Europe and probably worldwide, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Um, but what would be like? Do you have any examples of what benefits which were uh, lived by by companies? Absolutely. Um, so there's certainly the the just the technology in itself and everything you've kind of described of centralization and, and getting all that. But um, you know. I'll tell you a few stories because my favorite part about the job is really working with our customers and our partners, um, just the human aspect of it. And um, it's really, really exciting to see when even so Jerome, just working with uh, the e-commerce team, you know, on uh, the project we're working on together, um, seeing almost turning like disbelievers into believers when they can see like, whoa, you did that for like hundreds of images or whoa, like we just got like hundreds of products published. Um, I, I think that's like really cool. Last week, um, we had a customer in, in Europe, um, you know, over, I think just two or three publishers, um, you know, submit 10,000 products to their uh, vendor catalog, which they needed to do because they're um, in a space that requires tight deadlines because of the seasonality of, 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 their, of their merchandise. Um, so think about, you know, if you work for a big company or have 10,000 products, how long would that take you today to be able to submit through the NIS templates or the new bulk, bulk spreadsheets? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> prefer not to calculate yeah. <laughs> and that was just for one um, one marketplace and now they're going to roll it out um, to all the European marketplaces um, so uh, like I love that story we um, you know we got really excited about it internally because just the I think when you're everyone loves the idea of automation um, because of course I'd love to spend more of my time not filling out spreadsheets and instead um, doing more value-added activity like planning with my vendor manager, the assortment, or how much, you know, marketing investment do we need to put in um, next quarter, um, then copying, pasting into a spreadsheet. But I think until you can really like see that, um, and, and, you know, and to be fair, like it's a partnership with any retailer that you work with, um, they have to be ready to, to support it as well. Um, I, I know that like, you know, the human element of it, like, 
Amazon has been really, really hard at work and, and seeing that value because at the end of the day, it's like a, we all want to be able to get this great content to the consumer. Um, and if you can make it a lot easier for them to, for brands to do it, then why not, you know, do that? So mm. yeah, some, some, some fun stories there, but I, my favorite though. So anytime you bring brands together to talk about Amazon it immediately, like, I love it. Cause it turns almost into like a therapy session where it's like, Oh, like, how do you guys fix that thing? Because like, you know, we didn't get POs that day or like whatever it might be. And I think just um, whether it's in the U S and, and seeing similar stories and, you know, cool ways of, 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 of supporting their own customers or things like that, like, I've seen it applied um, both in the States as well as in Europe. And I think that um, just, you know, I read something Jerome recently that uh, 70, 70 or 80% of online, uh, online shopping this year for Germany and France were on Amazon. Like that to me is wild. Um, uh, and, and I think it's just gonna continue to grow. So it's a, I used to joke um, where it, <laughs> it's like, all right, if you, if you have a handle on Amazon, if you've been tasked by your company to work, to, to really support this business in some ways, um, think of it as like your own, like call it job security, call it job opportunity, whatever you might call it. Like this is the way the world is trending. And I think um, the fact that we can help our customers be better at this is like the, the coolest story. Yeah, and, and and talking of like we were looking, we've we've started using obviously Salsify ourselves, and and we've started on several projects. And I, I will confess, I was not a big believer of of systems and 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 saying, yeah, I can push your content. And knowing how the Amazon system works, it's like okay, uh, like a lot of people pretend okay they can create a sheet which will work, but it then never really works. And to be honest, it's like we've started to use Salsify, and I was really impressed myself. It's like wow. And we have this huge project of content upload of, of thousands of SKUs worldwide for a big uh, company. Uh, and, and we're in charge of that. And we started to work with Salsify on that. And from the first like first project, so it's each country goes separate. And the first uh, project, okay, we said, wow, we've probably saved half of our time. Maybe, yeah, three, four times. Second, second country is like, wow, we've saved four times time we should have taken and then step by step we are at it's we've saved 10 times the time we we would be normally using for that country so all of a sudden you're saying wow the the, the time saving element here is incredible and it and it goes on and on so obviously uh, for your first country, you need to learn the system. So there's, you, you need to invest like in any tool, yeah. but, and like we, 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 everyone is reluctant. The team is like, wow, I need to learn a new tool, but then yeah. you, you, you know, three weeks, four weeks, and there's a very good onboarding, uh, uh schedule done by Salsify with their experience of onboarding so many brands of saying, okay, calm down, you know, you need to wait and learn and, and make sure you, you understand the system. And then for example, you have this tool for a plus content. So below the fold, or EBC, it's like, okay, normally you have to do this. And with a tool, it's just oop, 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 three clicks and it's done. And you can do it for like a hundred SKUs all of a sudden and it's done. And you say, wow, is that is that all? Are, are we done? And it's it's true. And for us, that was a, like, it's a game changer in terms of efficiency when you have a large catalog or even for a medium catalog, but going for many countries. And that for us is, is a really, was really 
breathtaking for me, at least uh, in, in terms of how it changes our approach to, to our job, because we, our job is basically how brands also in their catalog. And a lot of our work is troubleshooting issues with catalogs. And the idea of using a Salsify is that you decrease the number of troubleshooting issues incredibly. Yes. So I think that that was a bit from from examples. Let's let's give an overview before we go in the Q&A session about how this uh, partnership uh, has been sought and why we believe uh, both uh, this is bringing more value uh, to people because we are we're going about it together. So maybe yeah. you can start and I'll give you my five cents after. Yeah, no, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there where, you know, when when we talk about the value of automation and software in your work, it's only one piece to the puzzle, right? Um, like when automation works well, it's fantastic because you can think, you can rattle off all the other things that if you look, if you're honest with yourself and you look at all the tasks that you have to do to really successfully manage an Amazon business, um, there are so many jobs that have to get done that may not get the quality or attention that you you have for it because you only have a number of hours in a day. Um, so, you know, with a system like a Salsify that can help automate that process, it offloads a lot of time to then, um, and this is where I think, um, you know, partnering with experts like, like Ecomas is really you know, now that you've got time to free up to really dig into the strategy component of how you want to do better on Amazon and, and, and other, you know, e-commerce channels, um, like it, you open up the ability to, to tackle work that really can't be automated. Like you cannot automate talking to Jerome, <laughs> you know, you can't like that has to be, yeah, you could try. <laughs> um, like everything that you guys have, all of the knowledge and experience and, you know, your, your boots on the ground, helping brands with this problem every day. Um, we built a solution to help with that. But at the end of the day, you need to marry, you know, the brains and the experience and the skills with the tooling that can help really accelerate um, the work that you're doing as a brand. And like, that's where, you know, when you think about like how to increasingly, and what I love about our partnership, Jerome, is um, we both, even from the beginning, we're like, it's not like, okay, just like referring each other to each other, like, meh, that's like fine. Like there's a lot of, you know, great agencies out there. There are a lot of great softwares out there, but like, what are we, what's the real value that we can offer to our, our joint customers? And I think it's that marrying of the two um, to really help them grow the, and, and reach the goals that they, that they've got set up for themselves. Yeah. You think? Like it, we, I think from day one, we were very excited on both sides and seeing what potential value we could bring. And if you look at the value chain of, of, of looking at Amazon, you've got, uh, so we go from consulting, uh, helping on strategy when you help big accounts. So, okay, how do you do worldwide governance for big groups? How do you do uh, your, uh, like, ad, um, sorry, strategy, account strategy? Should I have a, a vendor, a seller, a hybrid? What, what do I want to achieve? And then you go into, okay, operations. How do I put people? How do I sell that? And then you've in that operation part, you've got all the, the tools. It's okay, what tools you, you know, how much time do I need to devote? How fast do I want to go in every country? And that's where as uh, consultants, we're not, we're not interested in, in developing the IT infrastructure because we, 
we we know that's not our strong point and we it would not make sense to build them like the amount of work which has been done by Southify. so it's saying okay you've got a few tools which for example for advertising that's also you, you need some tools to automate but for content it's like it's an enormous piece of content management and we from my experience, when we talk to customers, typically the entry point will be an operational problem. As, as you say, it's like, wow, my negotiation or like, wow, I'm having, uh, I'm, I'm paying uh, because like I have, I have late deliveries and Amazon's charging me or, or there's a pricing issue or my content is not good. And someone from wherever Japan has taken over my content or brand registration is not working. What's that? And it's very often, it's an operational issue. It's saying, okay, I'm not understanding what's happening. And most of the time it's saying, okay, we take a step back and say, okay, wait a minute. This operation problem, is it, is it the, you know, the tree which is hiding the forest? Yeah. What's the big picture there? Problem, what, yeah. What's your vision? What, what yeah. do you want to achieve with Amazon? Because Amazon is a big beast, right? So you want to know how you want to ride the beast and where you want to, the beast to go, to be honest. So if you have no plan, Amazon will have a plan for you and that's probably not so good, right? So it's having, making sure uh, you've, you've having the right plan and then the execution is like Salsify comes in exactly at that point where it will make you go to the next level like having the right vision then having the right content and then you can add the advertising side and and all the like the negotiation and uh, strategic pieces and or additionally uh, the other countries so for us it's it comes into a global vision brands should have it's amazon is a is an ecosystem so if you if you look at it, if you slice it down, it doesn't really work. If you do only content, it doesn't really work. If you do only advertising, it doesn't really work. If you look at only, oh, I want to get the buy box, okay, or why, you know, or or I want to be a vendor and I don't really care. So it, you need to have all, all those parts. And there's to with our experience of handling content, we've not seen a better solution than Salsify today. I can't say it differently we haven't seen a better solution than Salsify to handle larger medium to larger catalog and expanding internationally and we believe that with the right strategy and the right tools this makes an enormous difference in your approach and in your success on Amazon so we just believe that combining those together it's giving the best of what can be done to be mm -hmm. successful on Amazon mm -hmm. so like and it. well said Thank you very much. So it's good. We agree. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, starting off on the right foot there. No, definitely. And, you know, one other thing to call out with that, Jerome, um, that as retailers, as these big important marketplaces also continue to invest in technology to make it easier for you to automate, if your tech stack, your tool belt, whether it's technology or your agency partners, consultants, aren't up-leveling their own set of equipment that they're using to support you, then you're immediately falling behind. Um, because, you know, it's when the retail, like they, they can make things a lot easier for us or a lot harder for us. And if they're choosing to make it easier for us because of automation, then you want to pair yourself off the, with the partners that are capitalizing on the automation and providing those tools for you. Um, so I think there's a competitive angle to this as well, where you, um, be given how competitive it is, um, Amazon is uh, certainly in the U.S. for sure growing in Europe, and as as they continue to build their presence internationally, um, making sure you've got that plan, that strategy, but also the right 
tools in place um, is what you'll need to keep keep pushing on. Yeah, no, I agree. And and now is the point where people you can do please ask any questions you have uh, pertaining to Salsify or or to your strategy on the Amazon, and we'll be happy to uh, answer all of your questions. Um, but to to go on uh, on what we were uh, talking is you often talk about the digital shelf, like winning on the digital shelf, and. I got me like thinking, okay, digital shelf. Do you mean like it's um, in a way the in the old I my background was doing distribution. So when I was started working is in in Europe, Media Markt, for example, was a big mm -hmm. retailer or Fnac in France or uh, like mm -hmm. uh, Boots in the UK or others and or Dixons and uh, sort of merchandising was a big thing. It's like okay, how you would look into the shop, you would have a, a nice booth was probably a bit of branding stands and you would produce standards everything. So is this approach of digital shelf, is it exactly the same, uh, but on, on e-commerce, are you basically helping people to better merchandise? Is that what digital shelf stands for? Yes. And even um, there's it's an important nuance here too, which is the reality of shopping today. It is all digital. Even if you're shopping in store, um, you know, going to your uh, local, um, so admittedly, you know, new to, new to Portugal, not familiar with the local brands, anything. When I go to El Corte English, I'm on my phone all the time trying to understand <laughs> not just what, what it's saying and translating, but like, what are the reviews of this new product that I've never bought before because I'm new to this, this country. Um, so uh, the digital shelf, um, the summary of it is all of shopping is, is now the digital shelf and that merchandising example you gave is now being applied digitally. Mm, yeah, okay. So it's really basically, uh, and, and I think in, in Europe and probably in the States, we're a bit uh, late compared to Asia where they have uh, uh, O2O. It's not B2C, it's uh, O2O. It's offline to online where everything is integrated. So yeah. it's really making sure that what you have in your shop is also online and what you have online is, is also in your shop. So you could get your coffee from the, 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 the cafe in the area coming to you delivering and you could go to a shop to get something you've ordered online. So it's completely integrated and probably that's the future of, of uh, eco, well, commerce in general. It's like you don't, yeah, you're not talking B2B. There's no B2B. E anymore. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's just big C. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's it's really on, offline, online. And yeah. for me, is specifically uh, for, for people who, who are aware of the situation in France, for example, where uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, people going against Amazon because it's it's lots it's an emblem of uh, of e-commerce and and they're saying okay, Amazon is killing all all the small shops, which you know I don't uh, it, it, maybe it's a fair comment, but the government's position then and people are putting pressure say okay, we should cancel Black Friday. Like mm -hmm. we should not have Black Friday in France because it's unfair because the other shops are closed. Which mm -hmm. okay, it's true, but it's like the the, the there was a, a status uh, like information which went out. It's like in Germany, seventy percent of the sh shop are going digital. In France, it's only thirty percent. So it's how like uh, the brands or the retailers uh, or the people selling the products products make sure they're available online. And just pointing out Amazon is probably a bit weak. Just say, okay, the other guys didn't do really their homework to make sure, especially after the first quarantine, to make sure that they have their products also available online 
for whatever happens because will it be the only like uh, virus which will we will know like who knows life will be yeah. probably very different in the coming years so this availability to be having the products available everywhere is so important and a lot of brands we were talking to uh, uh, before were okay not very um okay amazon and online was important but they had so many saying then all their retailers they were afraid they would make their retailers unhappy but now I think most of them are understanding the Ropo effect, research online, purchase offline, where most of the people go online, as you said, in old El Corte Inglés or wherever, saying, okay, I'm looking for my products uh, before before purchasing, right? So, exactly. that, yeah. yeah. I was wondering in terms of tips, because you've been working with a lot of uh, brands and mm -hmm. helping them with, with their content. Do you have any tips uh, for, for, for manufacturers, brand manufacturers, uh, about how to approach uh, their catalog and what are the best yeah. practices when they want to go like international or at least pan-European? Yeah. Uh, what would be like your main tips? So um, even I think this can apply whether you're focused on just, you know, to start one marketplace and then wanting to go international. Um, but the most successful brands that we work with that feel like they're they're really, you know, riding the beast in the way that they want to be riding it, um, they take this uh, test and learn approach. Um, for sure. Um, to the degree that they can do A-B testing, um, you know, using different platforms to introduce a new product and then bringing those learnings back into their main catalog. Um, I, I think just having that, the belief that you will never have it be perfect because the whole game is rigged to always move like the, the goal line, you know, and, and, and we rig it. Consumers are always asking for more or something differently, et cetera. So um, the tip I would give is um, be okay with imperfection and, and know that like the best way to be perfect is always taking this test and learn approach. Um, and, and, and I think you can apply that advice also when you want to roll out to new marketplaces, new countries as well. Um, I think for that one, actually, I would uh, tweak it a little bit where you've got that test and learn. Um, now, more than ever, if you're going to go from, you know, five market, like uh, there were five in Europe, I think at the start of the year, and now um, there's six, will be seven. Yeah. Um, like at some point you you know it's like you you then are at scale <laughs> like being able to support each additional marketplace you need something that can help um, really improve that process and it's not just a, a technology problem because often you know like translations how how are you getting um, localized relevant um, search terms or keywords for each different market that you're trying to serve like um, Maybe you can use a translation tool, but maybe like native local speakers that have the expertise and understanding what keywords drive your category for that market um, could provide that with you. I think um, so just expanding, you know, there's like a, again, crawl, walk, run at a minimum, you need to have something that's going to help you do it at scale, but then also have the ability to localize um, and build in workflows or processes that allow you to really customize and capture um, what that local consumer is demanding of your product. And I don't see that yet. Like, I think um, it's hard to do if you're a smaller to medium-sized brand, but if you look at the um, brands who've got the right toolkit, the right partners, um, 
like creating custom experience or, or just even tailored experiences based on the consumer that they're trying to serve um, is, I know, I don't know if it's a tip or more just like an aspirational goal that everyone's looking for, but um, that would be my advice. Yeah, no, I, I would relate to that in, in a sense that um, uh, often it, it's the, the larger you, the brand you're talking with, the, the more used they are. If you're talking to people who are in merchandising or, or doing like they have a process and they want it to be perfect because what's in once it's in the stores it's like it's it's done it's finished like, yeah. and but on amazon it's the other way around it's like uh, so oftentimes you say okay what's the best strategy for our advertising is okay like uh, normally typically you would say okay we need to try the all for conversion rate for content it's like okay let's try this content and we'll see on real data or Sometimes they uh, brands. Uh, I have a, like a fun story also from from a, a German brand I was working with, and uh, they had a product. It was binoculars, and there was a size uh, size ten by fifty, which is a big binocular. And I was selling for a long time. We sold binoculars, and we knew that this size didn't sell in Europe. Like end of story, they didn't sell. This size was sold in the U.S. because people were used to sell buy that. And it was a story. So we knew that we wouldn't sell that. And we started sell on Amazon. What happened is the number one sale was obviously the 10 by 50. Why? It's because a lot of uh, products, when you go through normal retailers, the the, the, the buyer or the third seller inside the retailer, he will say, yeah, nobody buys it. So he's sort of conveying a message and, and saying to the uh, to the potential end consumers, yeah, nobody buys it, so don't buy it, buy another one. Yeah. But on, on Amazon, nobody knows it. So it's like it happens. If you don't try it, uh, you will never know if it's working or not. And a lot of brands will say, you know, we know it doesn't sell. And I and come with this example saying, okay, I was 100% convinced because I would have been selling binoculars for 10 years. And I said, no, it doesn't work. And what happened is we were selling thousands and thousands because customers saw, oh, it's a great product. There's nobody yeah. else selling it. Okay, yeah. I'll take it. And yeah. I had, again, today, another uh, was a, a big oral care brand and saying, okay, it's this product now, we know it won't sell, you know, customers won't like it. And I said, mm, okay, why don't you try? And let's check on real data. And one example is what happened with uh, launching in Sweden. You can see Amazon does exactly the same. They launched in Sweden with a lot of mistakes. They had a lot of swear words in their, in their content. Uh, they had the wrong flag for Sweden. It was showing, I think, the Mexican flag or something. So it's like incredible mistakes for such a, such a big company. But I think in Amazon's uh, uh, view is, okay, we need to move. Yeah. And if we make mistakes, we'll, we'll repair. And people say, oh, it's a disgrace. And okay, like in one year, everybody will have forgotten and they will probably sell a lot of products. So it's like the, the, this approach of um, testing out and looking at data is yeah. very important. And we, we typically would, would recommend really to test things and not try to make perfect. Yeah. Uh, it's practice makes perfect. So, and trial and error, like you were saying, and A-B testing. Yeah. And talking about A-B testing, do you, uh, because now Amazon is, is uh, you have some options that sometimes on A plus content, yeah, you can do A-B yeah. testing. Uh, on brand stores, they were talking about A-B testing. Do you have this functionality of A-B testing? Yeah. Inside? 
Um, so we have customers who, even before Amazon was providing that as an option, were already doing it <laughs> um, um, through, you know, often through manual means, but it was part of their, they knew that they needed to adopt this test and learn um, methodology in order to uh, really stay ahead of the competition um, because sales velocity matters most um, with Amazon. And, and so they realized that that's something they needed to protect. Um, so I know with um, what Amazon is working on and, 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 and similar to what they're doing with being able to provide an easier way to get content to their vendor catalogs, for example, um, a lot of that automation will eventually become more available for, um, for customer or companies like Asalsify and, and others. Um, but yeah, with our, with our solution, you know, people were already A-B testing before it was available and um, the automation aspect of it will just continue to improve. And do you have, uh, like, is, is Salsify helping you to give you insights on which uh, A or B is, is working best? Like, is, is the system helping brands yeah. taking the right decision? Um, we could probably be doing just from if I put my product hat on uh, a much better a job doing that of making it more explicit and clear we've got um, thing uh, we have a, a fantastic product page report, um, which can actually show you, you know, like, um, are you meeting kind of a threshold, whether it's for your category that we surmise based on our own um, number crunching, or even if you have your own like custom rubric that you measure yourself against, um, we can provide that as well. Um, so yeah, you know, there are like taking the Amazon philosophy, um, a lot of ways in which we can improve as a product, but yeah, for just to answer your question, um, we, we can provide you with um, a sense of like, oh, has your, has your performance improved because of the new content that you pushed out? Okay. And it leads to a, a question I had earlier about uh, KPIs. Um, mm. I know, uh, and and large brands specifically, which are not so familiar with uh, Amazon, and typically would in in their normal retail would look at KPIs of like when you were doing merchandising uh, yeah. in the old days, you would know exactly what where you were selling and yeah. where you which uh, space of the uh, like. Uh, physical shelf yeah. uh, and they're very a lot of uh, brand are which are very marketing driven are very kpi driven which is you know makes sense um yeah. how how is salsify helping uh to those kpis like uh, you've got tools like helium 10 for example you can have it on your uh, uh on google chrome for example and it will give a rating about the content so it gives you an idea mm -hmm. of how good your your your, your mm -hmm. the job you're doing but do you have something which is a bit more consistent or, or like yeah, yeah. So, um, and actually, this is this will be good to get your take on too. Like, what what do you think are the um, the core set of KPIs anyone selling on Amazon should be tracking? Um, um, because there there are a lot of you know the same things that you would care about, um, but and you have to differentiate. So, search ranking as well as um, you know frequency of buy box ownership. Um, your your own internal sales data is one for sure. Um, your ability to, you know, how frequently are you pushing updates to Amazon? How much product assortment has grown since using automation? Um, 
the speed we talked earlier, the importance of um, being able to do things much more quickly. How much time savings have you earned because of your um, because of the automation that you have in place? A lot of those are, I think, are like the reporting mechanisms that you know a user of the platform would absolutely want to show their executive sponsor or their boss who's paying for the for the solution. Um, so. Yeah. I sort of see it as a, a difference between like the KPIs within the platform, but then also what's your take, Jerome, on like what anyone selling on Amazon should really be prioritizing from a yeah, perspective? The, the, the one which is most important for me is conversion rates, uh, yeah. because conversion rate is giving you end of the day if, if, you're, if you're doing well. So you would start with uh, like conversion rate and sales. Uh, and then probably ACOS, so advertising uh, like um, uh, figures and how much you're, you're selling organically and how much you're, you're, you've got paid uh, sort of uh, paid sales, so to speak, with through advertising or promotion. And then you've got the other ones, like you said, lost by box mm -hmm. uh, and out of stock rates, which mm -hmm. are for me, if already those five, you, you can usually have a good idea of if you're doing a good job or not a good job. And yeah more than those numbers on their own, it's how they're progressing or not progressing in right. one way or the other. But it's like specifically, where, not, yeah, oh, sorry. Sorry, um, glance views kind of uh, live in when you think about what brands should be thinking about. Because I, I know um, it was always a number that was a little bit hard to derive because um, Amazon never really, at least on the vendor side, provided um, kind of, um, loss, basically sales opportunity based on um, how many people left uh, or how many, how many consumers landed on your page versus bought. Um, where does that live, live within your, your ranking? So, well, and that's, that's another way of looking at conversion rate, but you're right. It's like conversion rate is how many of those glance views have, have turned into sales. And you're right, on the vendor side, like brand analytics now is only giving you a trend. Like if your conversion rate has gone up or down and mm -hmm. your con the only real data you get of conversion rates on the vendor side is through the advertising. Like you will know how much your advertising is converting, which yes. is uh, is a different way of looking at it. On the seller side, you've got more information because you've got all the gland views. So you yeah. can know exactly what's your conversion rate. Um, so that's that's how we look at it. But it's true on the vendor side, we have less information. So we have to look more at the, at the, other, uh, at, at the other parts. And on the vendor side, like lost buy box has a, has a very big impact, obviously, on yeah. because it means Amazon will, or the, on the vendor side, the system will ask you to lower your costs to right. Amazon. So that's, that's you where crapping out if you event if you can't um if you don't lower because you can't because you've lost prop margins on it and and then what do you do because of that and that goes uh, in our flywheel of our e-commerce yeah. growth models and then you go back to the strategies okay did, do i have the right distribution uh in place and pricing strategy in place because obviously you can't uh you can't say to amazon to which price they need to sell so that makes it a, a bit complicated but going back into kpi because i know a lot of bigger companies uh were arguing about if we're talking specifically of uh the robo effect and the fact of a brand saying because a lot of big brands are saying okay it's okay if I'm not selling on Amazon. Uh, it's like, oh, yeah, I need yeah. to be there because I'm a big brand and I want my brand to look really good. So yeah. on the content side, it's like, what kind of KPI would Salsify yeah. help them to understand? Because then you say, okay, 
yeah. I'm implementing uh, this tool, Salsify, to help me, you know, grow, have a great content quickly, yeah. efficiently, and everywhere. Uh, what what kind of thing could could what kind of KPIs would you be able to follow, and what what yeah. would you? Yeah, I, and I can share a bit of what, um, just based on the experiences of our customers and what they come to us with uh, in terms of their goals. Um, exactly that, you know, for a lot of, we talk about Amazon strategy, maybe that strategy is not to make a lot of money off of it, but to have a really great brand story across all of your ASINs, right? Or a good, um, talk about Pareto efficiency, like a good 80% of, of your ASINs that are doing the most for, for your business. Because you know that it doesn't matter if they per, if they convert on Amazon, so long as they can find that information, um, then they may convert elsewhere. So I think when you look at it from a um, that that's one is like, can we get like better quality content that they they assume is better? And usually they're investing in the help of um, partners for creating the content or whatever it might be, um, and then can we apply this across um, all of you know? our shelf, basically all the different digital touch points that a consumer may be looking or uh, researching that product. Um, I think that's a big one. And, and they usually measure it off of, um, you know, how many, we call them channels, channels have published, you know, how many channels are we live on? Um, how much of our uh, of our assortment and Salsify has, has been pushed out to all of those channels? Um, using the, the product page reports that we've got, you know, are we actually, are we, are we at an A level or a B level for all of those different endpoints? Um, so that is, I would say, uh, you know, like breadth of coverage, quality of content and, um, and quality of, or sorry, um, volume of assortment and coverage as well, yeah. And I know the system also is able to tell you when you're losing content, basically when someone has, has taken over some of your content or yeah, the system yeah. has got a glitch. Basically, Salsify is able to uh, proactively come to you saying, okay, careful, your, your content has, has been lost. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think, Amazon especially, um, probably the, one of the top frustrations for anyone selling, for any brand selling, brand owner, um, brand registered owners, you invest all this money creating, you know, great quality content. Um, but because of prior distribution agreements in which you've got third-party sellers now you see um, with sales of velocity on that content and their content continues to show up. Um, like how do you prove ROI on that investment for creating great quality content if you can't even have it show up on the page? Um, so yeah, to your point, uh, the, the brand compliance report is hugely important for our customers to see, to have something proof to Amazon that they can take and say, hey, like, we, we, we just sent all this information over. Um, you still haven't used it yet. We're brand registered. You know, that is actually factually wrong <laughs> that what's on the page today um, and is um, proving a, a poor customer experience. Like let's work together to get this fixed. Um, so I think to your point, having that visibility though um, on mass in bulk is, is really helpful for these brands to be able to, to fight that fight. Yeah. That's for sure. Like I can, I can testify. Um, and this will probably be the final question. So if you have any last minute question, do throw them in the Q and A se uh, section. Is um, in your experience because 
Amazon is not it's like it's volatile a bit. It's not very stable as a system. It moves. It has some glitches and so on. As yeah. it's so big, because they're always testing and learning, right? Like, and that's they, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's not always very stable, and they have a lot of different systems which have to replicate and so on. Mm-hmm. So, in your experience, uh, will uh, the content which is pushed through Salesify have more chance? to stick, let's say, or to, to, to be really pushed online than mm-hmm. doing it manually. That's the first thing. And the mm-hmm. second thing is uh, sometimes Amazon is being very difficult in terms of uh, suspending items or, or like saying, okay, your product is not allowed. Or do you have an experience like does having Salsify help on that front or is difficult to say? Um, no, it's a, it's um, easy to say. Um, that first question is, there is no external solution out there that can um, <laughs> that can enforce Amazon to do anything with what they own, which is their own product detail pages. It's it's their real estate, and and it makes sense to me. Like they they reserve the right to be able to show whatever they want on there. However, having said that, as we've seen in the news, etc., that um, Amazon is very much aligned with creating really quality shopping experiences, like. Brand and Amazon want the same thing, and and I th- and I really do believe that brands have excellent content. We've seen it firsthand. We help our customers with this every day. That they want Amazon to consider putting on those live pages. So I, I think in that vein, um, if there's any provider that tells you that we can guarantee Amazon's going to use the content through our system. They're lying to you because that's not possible. Um, but two, <laughs> uh, two, there are, you know, work with a partner that understands the challenge and is trying to improve it because at the end of the day, everyone's really aligned on wanting to create great shopping experiences. Sometimes we have to like remove our own blockers and sometimes it's ourselves um, in order to help support that. So uh, that's one. Um, and then I think the second question, like, yeah, if, if you're trying to submit content, that's like just against Amazon's policies. No, no, I was more oh. talking about products with sometimes they say on like, uh, like, uh, um, health products uh, in the last uh, months because of COVID of this category was very uh, unstable. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, do you have experience of uh, using Salesfire tool, making it easier than when you're doing it manually. Yeah, I mean, so if you were, we we definitely experienced this with our um, February, March, when when that all happened. Uh, and the and I think this is a good parting note um, is you know if you are primarily sending selling first party to Amazon as a vendor and they cut off your your flow of orders because you're not in that category that they can't literally prioritize. Um, what a lot of them have been really trying to do, and they've been trying to do this for for years now, but now I think have the business case to support it is considering a direct to consumer line of business or selling directly on um, on the marketplace as a seller. Yeah, um, drop drop shipment or yeah, the, yeah exactly, and and we can support that as well. So yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Rovira. We spot on one hour, right. uh, like let's say 56 minutes with the four minutes uh, uh, waiting. But that so this is the end of this session. It was really great to have you. We're very excited as, as uh, hopefully you've seen about what uh, uh, Salsify is bringing and what we could be bringing and what we are bringing today to customers as a as a team. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll hopefully we'll we'll have another session sometime soon to go on and and share other uh, great successes with Salsify and e-commerce.
Oh, I'm I'm sure of it. And I, again, from from our side of it, we you know we are so excited for this partnership and and really continuing to add joint value to our customers. So thank you, Jerome, for today. Thank you, Rovira. Thank you, everyone. Have a great evening or day if you're in the states. Yeah. Take thank care. you. Bye bye. Bye bye.